0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the gospel reading. Maybe be seated. In the name of Jesus, does anyone here like to be judged? Do, uh, do any of you look forward to judgments like, uh, you, you're not pretty enough, you're not uh, put together enough. You're not uh, rich enough. I don't think anyone here wakes up in the morning and thinks, um, let's see how many people I can get to judge me today. Does anyone wake up like that? (laughs) I highly doubt that we don't like to be judged. It fills us with shame and fear under that scrutinizing eye from the other, we don't feel enough. In the uh, words from uh, Wayne's world, we're not worthy, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. No matter how hard we try to hide from someone's judgy, judgy eye, The day of judgment draws nigh. No one can escape it! All will stand before Judge Jesus, okay? And the judge will do what the judge does. Uh, Judge! Dear friends, welcome to the last Sunday of the church here. And this Sunday, well... Our Lord Jesus, the King, the Judge, He gives us a picture of the Judgment Day, this day that is coming soon. Matthew 25, verses 31-33. through 33. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Now this judgment scene at the end of time, the last day, uh, brings up an eternal life, eternal death question. What separates the goats and the sheep? What separates them? Now separation ain't anything new in the ministry of Jesus. I mean, It saturates his sermons, this idea of separation, the separation of the wheat and the weeds, the good fish and the bad fish, the uh, wise virgins and the foolish ones, and now the sheep and the goats. What separates them? It It seems pretty straightforward, doesn't it? From his glory throne, the king looks to his right, and he addresses the sheep. He, he lists a boatload of works, doesn't he? Feeding the famished, passing out Dixie cups of cold water to the parched, taking in the traveler, sitting with the sick clothing those who are cold, calling on the incarcerated. And then he says something quite surprising. He tells the the sheep straight up that these works were actually done to to him. The sheep are shocked and awed. I mean, their face is filled with disbelief. They they launch this litany of surprise. When did we see you? When did we see you? When did we see you, Jesus? What's the king's response? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. In other words, you did these works and and you did them to me. It seems like the king highlights works here. And it really does seem like he's about performance, especially when he continues with, with the goats. He looks to his left, and he, he lists that boatload of works, but this time he says, you did not do these things. You did not feed me, clothe me, welcome me, visit me. And the goats are shocked and awe. Disbelief in their faces, and they also launch this, you know, litany of surprise. When did we see you? When did we see you? When did we see you, Jesus? The king's response, verse 45, Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. In other words, uh, you did not do these works, you did not do them to me. It does appear that the sheep are in the you-did-it camp, and the goats are in the you-did-not-do-it camp. How is this not about works? Doesn't the king separate the sheep and the goats based on doing and not doing? Well, Well, it can't be about works. It can't be. Works are not what separate the sheep and the goats. Because the goats think that the inheritance, salvation, eternal life, heaven depends on their actual giving away coats. On their doing good works. See, the goats here think they've been doing that boatload of works that Jesus lists. That's why they're so surprised at the judgment. Now, they pick a fight with the king. They actually argue their case. They become so defensive here. Verse 44. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Do you hear the underlying assumption here? Come on, King Jesus. When weren't we doing these things? Are you blind as a bat? The meals made for the homeless? The time spent with the lonely, the works done for the sick. Now, Jesus, come on, come on, King. Pay up. Give us what we deserve, what we have earned. We are worth it. The goats depend on their works. For their worth, they know the judgment is coming, and they live by a creed that that sadly too many people live by. The creed goes something like this. I must prove my worth. Therefore, I must roll up my sleeves and get to work. Now such a creed results in disappointment, discouragement, Dog tiredness, and eventually death. Eternal death. Why? Well, you know the, you're good Lutherans, you know the reason why. You can't be or do enough. Anyone who thinks that he's worthy, worthy because of his worky, worky, uh, it will end hellaciously, hellaciously. Okay? (laughs) It will. Remember the words that are stuffed into the ears of the goats. Words that the king finds no pleasure in. Words that that no one should ever have to hear. Verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now if works aren't the reason for the separation, then what is? What separates the the sheep and the goats? And you know the answer. It's a five-letter word. Begins with F. Faith. You're not falling asleep yet. Okay, good. (laughs) Faith. Faith in the king. The sheep believe in the king. King Jesus, who blesses them with a kingdom before any works could be done by them. Dear friends, it's not their grit, but God's grace that saves the sheepies. It's all, it's all gift here. The opening line from King Jesus to the sheep, I mean, spells it out, gobs of grace. Verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, the sheep's creed is, is the exact opposite of the goats. It goes something like this. I believe I have worth because of the king's work. Big difference. The sheep depend on the king's work for their their worth. And we know this from the word blessed. It's really hard for me not to read this section of the Gospel of Matthew without reading it through the lens of the Beatitudes. Especially Beatitude number one. You know that. You know Beatitude number one. Matthew 5.3 Blessed are the rich in spirit... Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's you and me, fellow sheepies, fellow lambies. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the spiritually and morally bankrupt. Blessed are the inadequate and the inefficient. Blessed are the overlooked and the underappreciated blessed blessed are the tired and tuckered out blessed are the not worthy the not enough blessed are they blessed are you blessed am I why because theirs is the kingdom the kingdom of heaven is present tense. Not in the future, folks. It is right here, right now, today. Not because of our grit. All because of God's grace. Grace, though, that's made possible because of His grit. See, we don't have to prove our worth because the King, King Jesus, has already proven your worth in mind. Remember, this king that we see sitting on the glory throne on the last day is the same king who sat on the gory throne on Good Friday. On the cross, King Jesus. King Jesus is hungry, thirsty, naked, sick, imprisoned, a stranger to this world so that he can bless this world with his kingdom, a kingdom that is big enough for everyone in this world. Jesus on the cross hungers and thirsts like no other so that he can feed us with the the best wheat and the most fabulous, fabulous wine. Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Take, drink, this is my blood shed for you. Jesus is naked on the cross with our shame and blame so that water hooked with his name can cover us in his perfection, his holiness, his righteousness, his enoughness, shutting down our enoughness game. Jesus on the cross is sick with our sin so that our sin can never do us in for he will restore us in the new earth and the new heaven. Jesus on the cross is locked up in death's dark dungeon so that he can break us out with his Easter morning resurrection. Jesus on the cross is a stranger to the Father and to all of humanity, so that his father can become our father, making us members of his family. Do you get it? Sheepy you! Sheepy. We we don't work for this kingdom. The king has already done everything for this kingdom. Absolutely. Everything. A kingdom that has more than enough clothing, food, drink, security, meaning, purpose, health, freedom, blessing, acceptance, and belonging for everyone. It's a kingdom that was made for human beings, well, before any human being could lift a finger. Do you realize hell? on the other hand, wasn't made for humans. You heard the text. Hell was made for for the devil and his demonic cronies, right? His demonic horde. No human being is, is meant to go there. This king desires that everyone be a little sheepy, a little lamby, living it up in his kingdom. And the difference between the sheep and the goats spelled F-A-I-T-H. Faith. Faith receives the kingdom of God as a gift. And even the faith that receives this kingdom as a gift is also a gift. <laughs> faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now this doesn't mean that we don't work. You know, that we can just sit back and our lazy boy and twiddle our thumbs and do nothing. Not a zilch zero. Faith, faith in the king engages us in the king's business and his business is pretty simple. Being a blessing to everyone. To everyone. Because we're blessed with his kingdom before the foundation of the world, we are a blessing to to the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the imprisoned, the sick, the strangers in this world. Isn't it so freeing that we don't got to do anything to prove our worth? That's really the problem for the for, you know, with the goats. The goats are trying to prove their worth. Trying to prove their worth with their works, and that's a cursed existence. It's a cursed existence because no one can be or do enough. And it's so unnecessary because someone has already canceled the curse with the cross. King Jesus has already done enough. And the sheep know this, the sheep believe this. And you, little sheepy. You little lammy, we believe it too, don't we? And we are blessed. We're so blessed. The king has proven everyone's worth by his Good Friday work. So I'm looking at a bunch of worthy guys and girls. And you are looking at a worthy guy. All for King Jesus' sake. All because of his Good Friday work. And that changes how we look at every Tom, Dick, and Harry. It changes how we, how we see everyone. All are worth it to King Jesus, and therefore all are worth it to you and to me. And we get to prove that now with our works. Blessed to be a blessing. Every act of blessing is sending a message to that person on the receiving end. Whether that person realizes or not, you are worth it to the king and to me. Sending a, a card filled with hope to a grieving person, you are worth it to the king and me. Sitting with a shut-in for an hour, you are worth it to the king and and to me. Changing diapers, helping kiddos with homework, driving them here, there, everywhere. You are worth it to the king and to me. Making a meal for someone that just got out of the hospital. You are worth it to the king and to me. Making sacrifices for your neighbors, your family, your friends, your co-workers, your fellow GLCers. You are worth it to the king and to me. Volunteering. Volunteering at, you know, food of faith, large print, quilt making, grace your closet, all the various things here at Grace. You are worth it to the king and to me. Sharing an encouraging word with someone who is struggling with their mental health. You are worth it to the king, and to me. We are blessed to be a blessing, and such a life is filled with surprises. Lots of surprises. At least, at least, at least two surprises we, we see play out in the, in the sheep's lives in Matthew chapter 25. First, the sheep are surprised that the king even notices their works. What they thought were inconsequential, small works, the king actually notices. He sees. He takes note of. Even more than that. Way more than that. The second surprise, that the works done to the suffering were actually done to the king himself. (coughs) Now, we oftentimes think the king is way up there, on his throne, But this text shows us that the king isn't found way up there. The king is found way down here. He fills the suffering with his presence. We find the king in the hopeless, the helpless, the homeless, those who are hurting. That's where we find the king. What... An encouragement to you and to me in the midst of all of our frailties, all of our fumbles, all of our failings, to keep on being a blessing. No act of blessing is too small, too insignificant to this king. Plus, every act of blessing is actually done to this king so go and be a blessing be who you are be sheep and sheep are not afraid of the judgment from this king sheep know exactly what they're going to hear when that J-Day, Judgment Day trumpet sounds, come come you who are blessed by my father enter the kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world Now, dear friends, that's a judgment that we can wake up every day looking forward to. And so we pray with joy. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen.